You guys can have a seat. Can we give God a clap real quick? Well, happy Good Friday. And uh, you can turn on these backlights if you want to. Just don't turn these front ones over here on because they won't be able to see the screen. Um, I don't know how you found your way here this morning. Maybe somebody gave, oh, this morning, this afternoon, okay? But maybe somebody gave you an address and said, meet me here for dinner. And you pulled up and you're like, man, I've never seen a restaurant like this before. And so they shouldn't have done that. And they'll repent later. Or maybe they pulled up in a van and blindfolded you and brought you in here. And But I just want to let you know on behalf of Shift Church, my name is Derek. I get the opportunity to be the pastor of Shift Church. We are so glad you're here. Maybe you walked in here and you're a little bit nervous because you have never been to church. Maybe you walked in here and you're just like, I, I have some doubts if all this is really real. And, or maybe you're struggling with something that you're like, man, God, if, if you are real, if you do love me, why are you allowing this to happen in my life? Or maybe you come in here and you're feeling a little bit hopeless. Like you know that God is powerful, but in this moment, you're hopeless. And however you walked in here, I just want you to know on behalf of Shift Church that this is a safe place. This is a place where it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to have some hang-ups and hurts. It's okay. It's okay to have some doubt. We can handle that. We just want you to know that we love you. Shift Church loves you. But most importantly, we have a God, we have a Savior who loves us. And So what we want to do is we want you to experience God at your own pace. Or to see the love that God has for you. Because he, like, 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 this is the most important thing we can have in our life. Like, he loved us with every fiber of his being. So much so, by the world standards, by the way that we see the world, for us, it almost seems a little bit reckless. Now, we're not saying that God is reckless or Jesus is reckless, but, I mean, in the lenses of how we view things, it might be, seem a little reckless. Like, a uh, God who is holy, spotless, seated on a throne of glory, can love someone like me who by nature opposes everything that he's about. Everything that he's about. That he would leave heaven and search me out and rescue me. That he would want to be my friend. See, from the deepest parts of us, we are dead in our sin. Right? That's what the Bible tells us. By our being, by our breathing, we are enemies of God who have, who have who have declared an unwinnable war against an infinitely holy and beautiful and holy God because we can't make right what we've done wrong in our lives. But the good news is, is John gives us a little hope. John says there is no greater love than this. No greater love than to lay down one's life for his friend. That, that is what makes Good Friday so good. That this Jesus loved us so much that he took this, a symbol of hate, oppression, the cross, and made a beacon of his love, a beacon of hope to make a way for you and me to be reunited with a God who loves us. A God who would do everything short of sin to reach you. That, that this, this is what makes Good Friday so good. That he would choose uh, chase us, forgetting what it would cost him. Not worried about, about bankrupting heaven, as one guy said. He 
Because that's why we can sing stuff like, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God that chases me down, fights till I'm found, and leaves the 99. I don't deserve it. I don't earn it. But he gave himself away. That he loves us that much. With this like relentless pursuit of us. And you may be here tonight and you may be saying, Derek, you know what? My story's a little dirty. My story's a little dirty. Derek, if you knew my story, if people sitting next to me knew my sto- story, you would have to ask me to leave. You would, like if you knew my story, I'm abusive. I have anger issues. I have some secrets. Like we all have these secrets that we can't, that we, like if they came out, if they came out, you would, you would ask, like, why are you even here? And the reason you believe that is because people like me have stood on a stage and said, we don't want you here. Yes, we believe Jesus can radically save you and we, and we know that, but what, what we have said for too long is that maybe you should just go somewhere else. Go over there. And for that, on behalf of Church Worldwide, I want to apologize for that. If you've ever felt that way, because that's not what the Bible says Jesus is about. I think the cross is an example of that Jesus isn't about that. Because he is writing your story. He is a story maker. And what you think is your story, what you think is your dirty story, is only a part of that story. And before we get into this, I want to share a story with you real quick. A couple of weeks ago, um, I wasn't a very good parent. All right, we get home from school and we hop out of the truck, and I'm like, okay, I got to take my stuff in. But the kids wanted to play outside, and and lyric and lyric kind of lyric grabbed her bicycle, and she she began to ride it up the hill. Zane for for one day. My son Zane, for one day, was like all about exercising. Like out of, like, I don't understand why. Okay. He was all about exercising. So he's like, Dad, I'm going to run up and down the hill right here because our driveway kind of makes a slope. And I said, do your thing. I'm going to go put my stuff in and I'll be back out. And Well, Lyric decided to grab her bicycle and go up the hill and ride it back down when she lost control. She lost control of the bicycle. And I'm inside. I just set my backpack down and I heard Zane do like a blood-curdling like scream like it's one of those like either somebody's whipping the driveway and hit them or somebody's kidnapping them type of scream so here i am this fat boy goes to run off the porch okay about to trip over all the na- by the way justin i need some nails driven in my in porch okay uh, but i'm running down i'm tripping over nails that are sticking up through the porch and and i see zane running around the corner because the way our driveway is there's a row of trees and you go he's sitting here like this you know and I run across the corner, and I, I, when I get there, I, when I get there, I see, Lyric's kind of like this. Lyric's kind of like this. Of course, I'm, I'm kind of running to her, because she's kind of like, you know, that, you know when people are silently crying, and they're doing that, you know? Well, she looks, she looks up. And I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, Carrie, you know, the scary one, <laughs> where there's, like, blood that's like, you know, you know? While we're talking about scary movies in church, I don't know, but... That's what she looked like. And let me just say this. If you ever need somebody to take you to the emergency room, when, and especially if there's blood involved, do not call me in Brittany. Okay? <laughs> but here's the deal. My daughter was on the ground, bleeding, nasty. I mean, straight up, like, 
I felt like I was going to throw up. But here's the crazy thing about all this. Is that in that moment, my daughter felt hopeless. Right? She felt dirty. She looked dirty. She, she needed help. And the only person that could help her was a father who loved her. And for many of us, I think we, I think when we, when we look at when we look at life, we kind of feel that way, don't we? Like if we feel like we're on our hands and knees, dirty, soaked in blood, soaked in filth, then we're like, I'm hopeless. I don't know how to get out. And but my daughter needed her daddy to save her. And I'm not a very good savior, okay? Especially when it comes with blood. But I remember picking her up and getting her to the car. And on the way there, I, of course, ran in and got her towel to hold her head because she had split her head open. I mean, bad. I mean, straight up bad. She ended up having to get stitches and nose. And, and here's what my daughter said on the way to the hospital. And by the way, this we're, don't drive 110 miles an hour down Alco Highway. Not a good thing. Especially like at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. But here's the thing she said to me with her towel, with this towel on her face. She said, Daddy, I can't clean this up. I'm going to look so bad. I'm going to look so bad, Dad. I'm like, listen, don't worry about it. The doctor's going to clean you up. Don't worry about it. And I think sometimes we feel like we try to clean ourselves up and it just ain't working. We're still filthy. We're still dirty. And I tell her, you're still beautiful, Lyric. You said, don't worry about it. But I have pictures. This week, don't worry about it. You're beautiful. Don't worry about it. And I think this is kind of the picture of, that we're going to look at today in this story. It's a familiar story. It's a familiar story that everybody knows. But to kind of give you a, to give you an, a, a, a catch up, there was this, um, Jesus was teaching beside a lake. Okay? He was teaching beside a lake and the crowds were huge. I mean, they were huge. Okay? And he needed to get away. Have you ever just needed to get away? Okay? Maybe just me. Needed to get away and and so he climbs in a boat, and he, he's, he goes to the other side, and he steps off the boat, and there's another crowd there. And there was this leader whose name was Jarius who, who came up to him and said, my daughter's sick at home. Can you come save her? So here, that's where we're going to pick up the story real quick. In verse 21 of Mark chapter 5, Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd, where a large crowd gathered around him on the shores. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived, and he saw Jesus. He fell to his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. So Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. In verse 25, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. And see, a lot of times in church, I think we, we skip over some, some verses or we don't put the right emphasis on things. And, you know, this woman here says, I want you to notice this, that she suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. And let me tell you why that's a big deal. This constant bleeding means that she wasn't accepted in her culture. She wasn't accepted. It, it, she, she was dirty. Everything and everyone she would she would touch would become defiled like nobody wanted her around like by law by the Jewish law she was unwanted and for 12 years she had been separated from everybody that she loved 
For 12 years, she spent in isolation because nobody wanted her. Because of something she couldn't really help herself. For 12 years, she had been told that we don't want you. We don't want you around. You're even being around us, you're breaking the law because it says for you not to be around us because you have done something to anger God and that's why you have this issue. So don't come around us. Don't come to worship on Sundays. Don't, come, don't be around my kids. Don't touch my kids. Don't hire that person. And for 12 years, she was labeled that dirty woman. Her family wouldn't be around her, no friends, no one, because she, like, she was that woman. Like we can compare that to the AIDS epidemic, you know, when, like, I remember being younger and listening, and listening to the news where, like, Princess Diana would, would go and sit across the table from someone with AIDS, or, or Mother Teresa would do that, and it was like the world blew up because of they were that person, those people. And see, I used to think that that verse was just about this physical suffering. But it wasn't. For 12 years, this woman's story of suffering, not only physical, but spiritually, relationally, and mentally, and emotionally, because she felt no one could accept her. No one wanted her. Even her family. She's been told she's dirty. Stay away from me. It's against the law for you to be here. So she's not alone suffering. Like you're, like you're not only suffering physically, but everything else that we need in life, she is separated from. Have you ever felt unwanted? Nobody wanted you? That's how, this, how she felt. For some of us here, we are, we're just like that woman. We've been told we're dirty to stay away. Don't come to my church. Don't play with my kids. Hey, this... this Stay away from me. I don't want you around me. Don't hire that kind of person. And maybe you begin to believe that. Maybe you begin to believe that you have no worth and you have no value. Like maybe you've really started to believe that you don't belong here. But then you're like, but I don't want to stay this way, so I'm going to try to fix it. And she tried. Verse 26 says this, that she, that she had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. And this is something we can relate to. Ladies, have any of your friends ever tried dyeing their hair? And they've come to you and they've said, Oh, no. How does, it, how does my hair look? And you're like, Yeah, that looks really good. <laughs> looks great. And then you, like, they go to Walmart and buy another box and... Makes it even worse because they try to fix it themselves. My wife's a hairstylist, so hit her up. But she's like all the time, like, girl, look at her hair. Or what about guys? How about this, guys? Like, have you ever tried to fix something? This is me. And it just didn't work out the way you wanted? Like, for example, a while back, I tried to fix the headlight in my car. Okay? You know, you would think it was simple. Like, you reach in, you pull the bulb out. No. So I went to untwist this light bulb, and the thing cracked. So I was like, oh, crap, I guess I'll go to AutoZone. And so I went to AutoZone. They didn't have the exact part, but they had, they had this one. I was like, oh, that should work. And so I went to twist it on, and it cracked. So I was like, I got some duct tape. So I put some duct tape on there. And about a month later, this ain't my new truck. My new truck's awesome. But 
put duct taped it on, duct taped it on there. And I was driving down the road one day at night, and all of a sudden the lights went out. It had fallen through the back of it. Okay, it had fallen through the back of, back of the headline. I'm just sitting there going, "Where do I go from here?" Like, but we've all tried to fix something in our lives, right? We've tried to fix. Maybe maybe it's that. Maybe it's that sexual issue you have. Maybe you try to fix that, and you're like, yeah, but it's not working out. Maybe there's like, just like this woman, she tried to fix it on her own. And we've been told by pastors and churches, or maybe it's our own lies, that, that, that like you're so dirty that you're not going to be able to fix it. I've tried to end that relationship myself. I've tried to, I've tried to, I've tried to leave that situation, tried to do whatever it may be. I've tried to do it all myself, and it's only gotten worse and we feel dead, and we think about the promise of God, and you're like, where is that promise? And we have found ourselves over here on this side of of the world, on this side of eternity, going, how in the world am I going to get there? How am I going to close this gap between me and God? Or how am I going to fix this thing? Like, how am I going to get there? And, we, and, and, no matter, and it's these things that we go through a life. We try to fix it, and it's not working. Like, it's hopeless. Like, I can't get to him there. And, and I'm here to tell you that tonight, what we're going to celebrate is the cross. Because the cross closed that gap. When we couldn't fix it ourselves, he fixed it for us. In the middle of our camp, we found a Savior who could. I'm not ever going to make that leap. Don't worry about it. I'm going to build a bridge. And here's what I, here's what I know as us as believers, if you're a believer in here, because of God closing that gap, because that bridge that he built across that gap from here to the other side, because of love found in the cross, we have a way back to the Father here tonight. Like you may, be feel, you may feel here tonight that you're dead, that, you're, that you, you, and you, you have no way of coming your life. Your life. Maybe life's not what you expected it to be, and you have no way. Like you're just, you're just, you just feel that. You feel the weight of that. And I'm, here, I'm just here to tell you, and it's something that we're celebrating tonight and really all weekend. Okay? And in, this weekend enables us to know that even if it seems dead, was dead, or is dead, it doesn't have to stay dead. It doesn't have to stay dead. It tells me that wherever you find your life today, love can lift you. Whatever pitch you feel, you feel like you, you've fallen into, love can lift you. Whatever time you've lost, whatever years you've wasted, love can lift you. Whatever, whatever fear has held you back, here's what we know in the cross, is that it doesn't have to stay dead. It doesn't have to stay there. Because here in three days we're going to celebrate, here on Sunday we're going to celebrate that those things that we thought were dead are coming back to life in Him. So we can put to death our shame, put to death our guilt. We can put to death all those things because here's a God who says, I love you. I loved you from the beginning. That's why like when I created you, I knew who you would be. And I'm still going to make a way. I'm still going to make a way. And so, and so I'm here to tell you, I don't know what you've heard about Jesus. I don't know what you've heard about church. But I'm here to tell you that, that Jesus is, is the healer. He's the miracle worker. Like, it, it's funny how, how these stories go because this woman had just heard. Verse 27 says, like, she had heard about Jesus. She had heard about Jesus, heard that he was a healer. And that was her only option. 
She tried everything else. And maybe we're here and we feel like we tried everything else, but she had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. She's hiding in the shadows because she's an outcast. She's not supposed to be there. She's hiding, hoping no one sees her. Like she's so weak because she can't, she's already losing blood. She can't eat because she spent everything at the doctor trying to clean herself up. And she couldn't, so she's weak. I just imagine, because maybe, maybe, the, maybe, the, maybe the bottom of his robe was the only thing that she could reach because she was so weak, maybe. I'm just, maybe she was just crawling on her knees just to get to him through the crowd. She couldn't afford to wash herself. She's just, she's just trying to get to his, ro- to his robe. And it's, here's why. Like maybe, maybe you came in here, so I'm like, maybe if I just give it a try. Like I've heard about this hope that is found in Jesus. Like I've heard this, thing, this stuff, and maybe this is why. Because she, she thought to herself, verse 28, if I could just touch his robe, maybe if I could just get close enough to him, Maybe if I can just get in his presence, maybe I can be healed. Maybe I can experience what that person has said that they experienced. If I can just get close to Jesus, I will be healed. In the first few words of verse 27, it says she heard about Jesus, heard what he can do. She, she, she had never met him, but she heard about him, heard that he was a healer heard that he offers grace and hope. She heard that he claims to be God. Someone shared a story about how Jesus has how Jesus had healed them. And I'm wondering if he could do the same thing for me. Like could he heal me too? Maybe you're here you're like, man, I heard that heard that he that my friend was healed of addiction and I'm wondering if he could heal me of that too. Maybe maybe I've heard the story of how of how how he that guy was abusive and Jesus changed him. I heard the story of, of depression and then Jesus gave him, them hope. Like maybe if I just sneak in, sit in the back, maybe if I just get in the presence of him, maybe I could, he will do the same thing for me. Maybe if I just crawl up and touch the hem of his garment. Maybe if I just touch his robe, he can do that for me. This woman just wanted to get close to Jesus because she had heard he's a miracle worker. I have suffered rejection for 12 years. If I just get close to him. Verse 28 says this, where she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. And immediately the bleeding stopped. Isn't it great when we step out in a little bit of faith what God can do? Like when we step out and we say, okay, God, I don't know what I'm really stepping into, but I know that I can trust you. And she stepped out, touched his robe, and she was healed immediately. And she had, and she'd been healed, and she could feel it in her body that something was different. Have you ever just felt that? Like something was different. Something, was, something has changed, and... And Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone out from him. And so he turned around to the crowd and asked, who touched me? I can just imagine being there in that scene of, you think he said it angrily? I don't think so. Because I think he says I, I, he felt something come from him. And his disciples let it, said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? 
But he kept on looking around to see who had done it because he knew that somebody's life was changed. Now, here's the great thing about God and the love of God, that when, like when you experience the love of God, he cares so much for you, he wants to turn around and say, are you still good? Are you, are you still with me? Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had, had just happened, happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. Can you just imagine this woman for a minute? For 12 years, she has been known for what? That dirty woman. Everyone around her, everyone around her had condemned her for 12 years. Don't come around here. You're, 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 you don't deserve to be here. And maybe when she heard Jesus crawling out, maybe she felt like he was going to, going to condemn her too. Right? Maybe she felt that he was going to do what everybody else has done the last 12 years and tell her she didn't deserve what just happened to her. So just imagine her, that fear that she had experienced that for 12 years. She's dirty and she's coming up. And she's coming up and she falls at his, falls at his feet. And we imagine her head being down. Her head being down and just saying, him just, and, and she's like, just go ahead and give it to me. Like, I know I'm healed. I can celebrate that. I know, I know I'm healed, but I, you're right. I don't deserve this. Just everyone's right. And here's the thing. All eyes are on him and Jesus. I can just imagine the crowd standing there going, give it to her, Jesus. I can imagine the people that are there celebrating him being in town going, she doesn't deserve to be here, Jesus. Give it to her. She's dirty. Tell her that she's dirty. Tell her that she's unclean. Tell her she, does, she doesn't deserve that power that she just got. Give it to her, Jesus. She's breaking the law. And here's a great picture of this love of God. He had forgotten that everybody else was around her, around them. What the world thought was nasty and what the world thought was broken, he looked at with the love of a father. Just like I, when I looked at Lyric laying on the ground, bloody mess needing help she's sitting there needing someone who could rescue her from everything that she had tried to do and she's sitting there just go ahead and give it to me God just condemn me already I know I've heard you God I know you've healed people you just healed me I can feel it but they're right the law says I've just broken it I'm, I'm dirty I'm unclean I don't know why I'm this way for 12 years I don't like I don't understand God I don't understand that part, but I know that I shouldn't have been here. I'm breaking the law. Just give it to me, Jesus. And Jesus, I can imagine Jesus looking down at her. Looking down at her with like, like, like a father. And here's what he said in verse 34. And he said to her, Daughter. I can just imagine you're that woman for a minute. You've been, you've, your whole life... For the past 12 years, you have, you have been, you've been condemned by everyone around you. It's your fault you're this way. It's your choices that you made that you're this way. You're so dirty. You're sinful. You're broken. And they just left it there. Left her hopeless. Left her in the dark. And, she's, and she started to believe that she was a lie. That she was that lie that they were speaking over, that she had no worth, that she had no that she had nothing. 
And all she wanted was a little help. And she's sitting here in front of Jesus, the healer, thinking that he is going to do the same thing. Now I can just imagine them hearing, her hearing. And just so I, can, I can imagine the crowd's reaction. Because they're like, give it to her, Jesus. Give it to her. She doesn't belong here. And him looking down at her and saying, daughter. And in her heart, heart for the first time, she has felt one, accepted. She has felt clean. Maybe for the first time, hearing someone accept her and not calling her a name that she really wasn't. Maybe for the first time, she felt some worth. Maybe for the first time tonight, because of what we've experienced in the cross, we can say, I feel a little bit like I have some worth. The love that is shown on the cross is God looking at you and looking at me going, daughter, son. Let me ask you this. How many of your sins were future sins when Christ went to the cross? All of them. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. Which shows me that he already knew how screwed up you and I would be. And he's still looking down at us saying, daughter. That's the love that we're celebrating here tonight. That even in our mess, he still made a way. He goes on to say, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. It's no more. What you're facing in life is only temporary. In God, what we have in the cross, the cross tells us that no matter what we face today, no matter what we're going through today, no matter what situation you find yourself in, the best is yet to come. The cross shows us to the disciples for God and the people following Jesus for God that Jesus told them that, that this day is going to suck. I mean, straight up suck. You're going to see me die. You even have stories in the Bible, like we, talk, we talked at Shift Church this past week about the two guys on the way to Emmaus because they're leaving the promise. They're leaving what, where God said the Holy Spirit was coming because they lost faith and, and lost belief in the fact that he said, in three days I'm coming back. They forgot it. They, they didn't have faith in that. They, all they seen was the person they had followed had died. And maybe you're here and you're like, man, I feel, I feel dead. But here's the thing. Jesus met them on the road walking away from the promise. Right? So it shows me that, the cross shows me that no matter where you find yourself tonight, no matter what you're walking away from, he will meet you there and walk with you there so that you can see the love. It says he, they, he broke the bread. And in that moment, they realized who he was, and they ran back to tell everyone that they had saw the Savior alive. So I don't know what's dead in you. I don't know what you're suffering with. But I believe Jesus is telling you tonight, that God is telling you tonight, your suffering is over. Trust in the cross. I know life sucks right now. I know things are hard. But you're my son. You're my daughter. And in a couple of days, it's going to get a whole lot better. In a couple of days, you're going you're to experience something. You're going to see something. You're going to see me move. Just trust me. Tomorrow is going to be better. 
And that's what we love celebrating tonight. That he didn't care where you are because he already knew where you would be. He wasn't worried about how much it was going to cost him. He wasn't worried about what he would look like. He just said, Father, send me. I want to go. I want to rescue them from their misery. I want to rescue them from their pain and their suffering. I want to tell them. I want to tell the people of Shift Church, the Grove, City Lights, wherever you're coming from tonight. Maybe nowhere. You just got invited here. I think he's telling you tonight, go in peace. Your suffering is over. One of the most famous verses of all time since it was written is this, John 3.16, for God, what? So loved. So loved. Sometimes we skip up words, remember? Like he loved you so much. It's unmeasurable. It's unattainable. It's none of that. But he said he loved you so much that he gave to you. He pursued you in the cross. He pursued you in the cross. He he tore down walls with the cross because he wanted you to be a part of who he is. That's what we're celebrating tonight. That no matter where you find yourself, he's telling you to go in peace.